This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? For me personally, I know I've talked a lot about my mental health on the podcast and how it's something that I work on every single day in so many different ways to navigate and achieve all of the things that I'm set out to achieve. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's counselor network, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room like you would with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional online counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. And my listeners get a special offer for 10% off your first month. Go to trybetterhelp.com slash enough. That's trybetterhelp.com slash enough. The trouble with routines is they can quickly become ruts. The things we do every day determine the quality of our lives and bad habits have a way of creeping up on us. Maybe your current routine is working for you, but if you've been thinking that you could use a change, try adding some magic to your everyday with Four Sigmatic. Jordan, do you drink coffee? All the time. I love coffee. Devin and I drink coffee every single morning together. He brings me a cup of coffee every day. And we've really been loving Four Sigmatic. Have you tried Four Sigmatic? No. So you have to get your hands on this. It's actually made of mushrooms. So it has so many different wellness benefits to it. And I've really been enjoying trying out all of the different products. Oh my gosh. And our listeners get to save 10% on all Four Sigmatic products when you enter in code ENOUGH. So that's 10% with code ENOUGH at Four Sigmatic. Freedom Digital Media presents the Enough Podcast by Anna Laramore, helping the modern millennial woman rediscover her worth and identify her boundaries in business, relationships, friendships, and more. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Enough Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Laramore Kitchell, and I have an exciting announcement today. Drum roll, please. I am having a baby. I'm pregnant. Yay! (laughs) So it's so funny because Jordan had, and I'm going to tell you guys everything today, but Jordan had reached out to me, I don't know, probably a month ago and was like, Earth to Anna, are you okay? Okay. (laughs) And I really wanted to wait and like not tell you I was pregnant and tell you on the podcast, like capture your reaction on the podcast. But I had to explain to you why I've been like totally MIA and ill, um, like very ill. So here we are. Jordan already knows, but I haven't told her anything really because we're just going to talk about it today on the podcast and take everybody along. So at the time that you're listening to this, or at least at the time it's released, it's mid-August at some point. At the time that we are recording this right now, it's August 1st, just for some time reference. I found out I was pregnant in May. Um... And I was frustrated after trying for a while, but before I continue down that conversation, I just want to give um, a trigger warning and a comment to anyone who has experienced or is experiencing miscarriage, pregnancy loss, waiting for your baby, waiting for your rainbow baby, infertility, 
fertility treatments, anything of the sort. Um, I do want to be open about my journey. I think that it's helpful for people who choose um, to listen to it. But if this is an episode that you need to skip, um, you need to unsubscribe, you need to mute, uh, you know, whatever it is, if this isn't for you, I completely understand. And I'm sending you all the love and all the baby dust. So back to when I found out I was pregnant, I want to talk about what I was doing to try to get pregnant prior to the month that I actually conceived. But in order to talk about that, I kind of have to back up like a really long time ago. So I came off hormonal birth control in September, 2020, which is almost three years prior to getting pregnant. And I did that because I had never had a regular period in my life. And I wanted to see if I could kind of regulate my period prior to trying to conceive. Um, I have a lot of friends who have a similar situation where they've never really had a regular period either. Like for reference, I got my very first period and then I didn't get another period for nine months. And then when I would start to get my period again, it would be like every couple of months or I'd have it for like two weeks sometimes. And I just really wanted to see if I could figure out if I had some sort of, um, you know, underlying thing that was going to prevent this from making it possible for me to start my family. So I started taking Ovamoon, which you guys know, Ovamoon is one of our sponsors. I've been taking Ovamoon for over three years. So you can use code ENOUGH to try Ovamoon. I started by taking the cycle balancing multivitamin, and I personally believe that it absolutely was an aid in helping me get my period back, amongst other things. Um, I also switched and ditched my entire house. So I got rid of endocrine disruptors just in everyday products, laundry detergent, hand soap, body wash, sunscreen, body lotion, cleaning solutions, candles, things like that. Um, I use three different essential oil blends topically every day for literally three years. Um, I use one for thyroid support. Your thyroid needs to be functioning properly because your body temperature is regulated in the thyroid and basal body temperature is like a key component to when you ovulate. Um, We can get to the importance of that in another episode. I would love to do like a whole cycle episode and and bring on, you know, bring on an expert. I've been talking to a couple really, really cool um, contenders for guests. So one day we'll get into all of that, Um, as well as something called Scar Essence, which is more of an estrogen balancing blend and something called Progestins Plus or Pro Plus, as I call it, which is a natural progesterone supplement. I use that one twice a day. Um, I also did the modern fertility test. I found out that I had an average AMH, which is an egg reserve for my age. Um, and I also found out that I had high prolactin, which isn't the worst thing in the world. Um, it is, you know, something that you can just take to your doctor and address there and you can be retested. And that's exactly what I did. But I played around with the modern fertility app a little bit long before I ever was trying to have kids just so that I could kind of get a picture of what my fertility looked like on my own terms and then learn about it on my own and then take it to my doctor and see what she thought. So that's exactly what I did. I started using the Flow app religiously. Um, It is a free app. I do pay for the premium version just because I like the additional features. But so I actually started getting my period back when I was still on hormonal birth control in 2019. It just wasn't regular, but I was tracking it once I got it back. And by the time I was trying to conceive, I had years worth of cycle data. So, you know, trying different products and supplements and things like that is all personal. And that's something that you have to decide for yourself and talk to your doctor about. But as far as tracking your cycle, that is definitely something that I would recommend. Um, 
just, you know, tracking when you have your period, tracking when it starts, tracking when it ends, tracking any symptoms. Um, you know, you can learn a lot about your cycle if you notice you have a headache at a certain point of your cycle or cramps for a certain number of days, things like that. That's all information that's really helpful to just take to your doctor. So I definitely would recommend using the Flow app or something like that. And then there's also a lot of wearables. I didn't use any of those, but I know a lot of people do, like the Ava bracelet, the Aura ring. There's another one called like the Whoopie or something, <laughs> something weird. Um, but those are all also, from what I hear, good tools to just, you know, learn about your body temperature. It can They can even predict ovulation because of your body temperature, um, help you, you know, understand your sleep patterns better. That's really important when trying to conceive, things like that. And if nothing else, it's all just stuff you can take to your doctor's appointment and ask questions about. I think having any kind of information is power. Um, so that's what I did literally three years prior to getting pregnant. Then June 2020 came along. I had a, I might have talked about it on the podcast or maybe I didn't. I had a horrific experience with the GYN group that I was seeing and I decided to leave them entirely. Um, I, I can just do like a quick summary about it. So basically when I got off hormonal birth control, what I mean by that is I got my Mirena IUD out, which is hormonal and I got the Paragard in, which is copper IUD. Mm -hmm. So it prevents sperm from getting to the egg because copper is toxic to sperm, not because it has, um, any hormones in it. I, the only reason I did that is because I wanted to get my period back and see if I could track that. I was not opposed to hormonal birth control. I was on hormonal birth control for like 12 years. Um, but my Paragard IUD, the copper one started, um, perforating into my uterus was going into my uterus on one side and ruptured an ovarian cyst on the other side. Oh my God. And the doctor I saw, who was not my typical doctor to be <laughs> fair, um, told me that it was all in my head and that I was overreacting and I had to demand an ultrasound. And sure enough, the ultrasound showed that it was very, very dangerously in the wrong place. Uh, I had another doctor look at it and they, that doctor told me to go to the emergency room and have it removed immediately. So that's what I did. And then this doctor like put another birth control right in front of me and was like, okay, here's your new, your new birth control without ever consulting me about it. Obviously I just had a traumatic experience. Right. So I was like, forget it. Like, I, I'm just not going to be on birth control at all anymore. Yeah. That wasn't like my plan at all. It just was like a trauma response to, um, that experience that I had was like, I need a second before I'm even on any other birth control. Right. It's called like bedside manner. Maybe don't uh, yeah. throw a new one. You're like, oh, you'll be fine. Exactly. Give like, me a second to recover from this. Yeah. Um, and then it just turned into, well, we're going to start trying somewhat soon anyway. I guess I'll right. just stay off. Forget yeah. it. So, um, to clarify, getting off of birth control entirely was, I'm sorry, that was June 2021 um, when I did that. So September 2020 is when I got the Paragard. June 2021 is when I got off birth control entirely. Um, so two years prior to conceiving, just, just about. And that was like not part of my plan. Like I'm not saying that as like some hippy dippy advice to like not be on birth control. I just had a traumatic experience and that's how it unfolded for me. Yeah. So... I continued to do everything I had been doing. Um, I continued to use the Flow app. I continued to use, you know, reduce my environmental toxins and use some of the oils I'd been using. I continued to take my Ovamoon. I did switch the Ovamoon from the cycle balancing multivitamin to the prenatal um, when I had been like six months out from trying. So I took that for about a year before getting pregnant. And then um, I've always been into cycle syncing. I feel like that 
will be an episode in and of itself. That's something I've always wanted to do. Um, just eating and exercising and connecting with yourself at different points of your cycle to try and maximize how you feel and lean into that. Um, but again, we'll talk about that with an expert another day. And then this is huge and something I really would recommend for anybody that's wanting to start your family, even if it's not necessarily soon, is to do a preconception workup with your doctor. Um, so I went to my doctor, my new doctor, I asked around and I got a great recommendation and I love her. Um, so I'm really excited about that. And she was super excited that I wanted to talk about having kids and ask her questions. And we did a blood test, a full hormone workup. So hormone panel did an ultrasound in which we found lots of cysts and fibroids. So that was fun. Um, we discussed my modern fertility results. I met with some genetic counselors. Like I highly, highly recommend this for some people. Um, it might be as easy as like, yep, everything looks good and come back when you're, when you're pregnant or come back at your annual or whatever it is. Um, since I had some issues, I went back a couple of times in between my preconception appointment and actually being pregnant, but I'm so glad that I had that, you know, I had that information because I, I went. So can't recommend that enough. Just go to your doctor, especially if it's a new doctor um, for you and just tell them that in some point you want to have kids and see, see what's going on in your body. Another thing is I started drinking red raspberry leaf tea. Um, I wasn't super into all of the like Eastern medicine fertility things. Like I know a lot of people use acupuncture. I wasn't opposed to it. I just luckily happened to get pregnant before I got to that point. It was Mm -hmm. something that I was going to do had I not gotten pregnant. Um, And I know a lot of people have great testimonies about it. It's just not something that I I did yet. But yeah, yeah, it's probably something that I would have done. But the red raspberry leaf tea, um, it's kind of controversial because some people can, some people say that it can induce labor. Um, But just look into it yourself. People have been using it for thousands of years and it's, it's kind of interesting. And if nothing else, I just think that it tastes good and was relaxing. So even if it was a placebo effect, I enjoy it. So that was all before trying. That was like prior to actually pulling the goalie and, you know, doing it on purpose. That was like, I know we want to have kids at some point. I'm going to do something to, to set myself up, put myself in a position where this, I can maximize my, my chances here. Um, then we started trying and it consumed me entirely. Like I was depressed and I'm, I'm already depressed. So like, yeah, that sounds very dark guys. I'm okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I I to that point, I like, I feel like that's just like one thing that I hear or that gives me anxiety, like eventually getting to that point. It's just like the thought and the stress of timing everything and Mm -hmm. making sure that that's correct is, I mean, and obviously like you said, like stress can have such a negative impact on everything Mm -hmm. too. Yeah, so like the and stress of it is it's I don't know, so it's, it hard because it is so personal to everyone's body. Right. It's so personal to everyone's life circumstances. Yeah. Like I had a lot of really, really unusual um, pregnancy stories in my close circle. What I mean by that is like I have a lot of people in my life who got pregnant on the first try who got pregnant on the second try. And when I mean like first or second try, I mean like having sex one time, having sex two times. Yeah. People who got pregnant after one cycle of trying. Um, I had like 
literally I had three friends get pregnant by accident the or four friends get pregnant by accident the year that I got married. Yeah. Um, I had a friend that had a honeymoon baby. I had a friend who decided that they wanted to have a baby and then they did it one time and they got pregnant. Um, I had a friend who had a wedding night baby and I like really thought that was my trajectory because yeah. it was, it was around me. Right. And I come from a very large, very Catholic family where my mom is one of seven kids. Um, Devin's mom is one of eight kids. Yeah. And a lot of my cousins have a lot of kids and everybody seems to get pregnant easily. Now, in retrospect, I know that that's not the truth. Yeah. But it's so wild to like hear that stuff too. Because yes. like you've heard of and then you're like what what is going on with my body like what is right like, you've put in all of this legwork and I mean all my life all I've ever heard is jokes about how fertile my family is and yeah. the shame that I felt when I realized it it wasn't happening for me as easily as some most certainly not all mm -hmm. of my family members was like devastating yeah, like I felt sucks. like I was broken right and I didn't I wasn't even someone who so just to clarify subfertility is when you've been trying for over three months, which is very, very normal, by the way. Yeah. Infertility is when you've been trying for a year. I never had infertility. It took me less than a year. But even still, that nomenclature is, like, so bad. Like, yes. Like, oh, great. I'm in, like... Yes. Yes. Like, you're I, trying so hard. I also conceived naturally. So, like, right. I, didn't, I didn't have to go to fertility treatments for this pregnancy. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the other thing. It's, like... You never know what your future pregnancies could entail. Yeah. You know, there's there's secondary infertility. There's unexplained infertility. There's, um, you know, people have lost after already having a child. There's there's so much that we're just totally unprepared for. Yeah. And there's really no way to prepare for it. I mean, talking about it and connecting with other people can be helpful, but it can't actually physically or mentally or emotionally. It's not a crystal ball. Right. You know, we don't know what's in store for us. Yeah. Um, so it's hard. But anyway, I was just I was so consumed. I was so depressed. Um, I felt like a broken person. And it's hard because I just became obsessed with everything trying to conceive. I mean, I already, as you guys know, am really into women's health. Like I love learning about books and Instagram accounts and supplements and um, anything. I, I mean, I, I'm like a sponge with this sort of thing. It's even if I don't actually use it in my own life, like mm -hmm. I love to learn about it. Right. And then when it's time to put it into practice, I feel like you were like a doula in a previous life. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Like, it's just like in you. It's innately. just like really fascinating. Right. And like you and I were talking about before we started recording, it's just like so freaking wild and amazing that we do this with our bodies. Yeah. Like it's, it's incomprehensible right. to be honest. Like it's so weird and cool. Um, but it was like month after month, I was getting my period. People were giving me unsolicited advice left and right. People were asking me when we were having kids. It was so hurtful. Um, which like, please don't ask people when they're having kids. Yeah. And then I had people say, like people close to me say really upsetting and annoying things. Like one person who's close to me was like, Everybody in your generation is so sensitive. Like, there's no way, there's no way for people to know that you're having, that you were trying to have kids. And it's like, well, well, yeah, it doesn't take that you, much. Like, yeah. I mean, I could tell My you. My husband is 35 years old. Right. Like, like I, could, <laughs> I could tell you that we're trying. If I have not told you, it is not your business. And even if, even if you don't know for sure that I am, or even if you think I'm not, it's still none of your business. Right. Like, it's still not appropriate. It's like something for you to choose to share with 
who you want to share it with. And it's like, people said all kinds of crazy things to me. Like at one point I had just gotten my period and I was really upset. So I got drunk at my cousin's birthday party. Um, and I went to a family gathering the next day and I was hungover and therefore I was drinking water and somebody cornered me and was like, Oh my God, I see you drinking water. I'm so happy for you. And I'm in my head. I'm like, no, you, you really wouldn't be happy for me if you knew that like, I'm in a really bad place right now. Really? Like, you're, you're happy with the amount of stuff I drank last night? Right. Like, and, great. <laughs> and like, please don't comment on yeah. what I'm drinking. Please don't draw attention to it. Right. Like if you suspect that somebody might be pregnant or you see that somebody is drinking water, please don't say anything. Like, don't draw attention to it because they could be pregnant and not ready to tell you. Right. They could be not pregnant and having a hard time with it. Yeah. They could be, uh, you know, in recovery for alcoholism or, yeah. or uh, you know, another right. addiction. Right, number of things. Like, they could have an illness. Yeah. Like, just, just say, can I get you a drink? You could just can... be like, not in the mood to drink that day. Right. Okay. Talk about <laughs> something else. Like, just, oh my God. So, yeah. yeah. People would say things to me like, if it's meant to be, it'll be... Um, it's God's plan. Don't come at me with the God's plan. I was like rolling up my sleeves. Um, this is the worst one. Please, it for the love of all of everything, please don't ever say to someone everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Don't say that. Right. Because you can think uh, that. Just like, oh, so my struggles are a specific reason. Like, there's, right. there's a reason why. Like, if, am I not meant if to that's have children on my own? that's how you lead your life and that's how you feel, you are completely entitled to that. And that is perfectly fine. But I don't feel that way and right. I don't have to feel that way. Right. And it's not easy for me to feel that way in any circumstance, especially not in a hard time. Yeah. So don't tell me that. Right. Um, and it's just, you know, I think people are really uncomfortable with uncomfortability and they desperately want to say something to make it better and to make it less awkward. So they just fill yeah. the silence with something. So, and, well, I've been like learning about, well, I like never knew there was like a term to it. Toxic positivity. Yes. I like, was just going to say that. And I'm trying to have somebody on to do a whole episode. Yeah. About it. I'm trying to be self-reflective about that well, in my own life. We've like, all done I'm it. Trying to, it. Because you get like conditioned since you were a kid. Oh, try to look exactly. in the bright side of things. It's like, cultural. Yeah. But sometimes I don't want to look in the bright side Find of things. Find the silver lining. Right. It's like, no, what if there's not a silver like, lining? Let's honor and embrace this difficult time. And even if there is is at some point some good that comes out of it in this moment i'm having a hard time and all i want is validation about that right i don't want anybody to yeah, just to honor my freaking feelings dismiss honor my how feelings. I'm feeling. exactly yeah exactly oh, so toxic positivity you're like heightened about everything when you're trying right. to have a baby and it's worse when people fill the silence and listen i think 90 i don't think 100 percent. i think 90 percent of people who make comments have good intentions and they're just mm-hmm. saying the wrong thing and it kind of helps to know that they weren't being malicious but some people are kind of being malicious yeah and also even the ones who didn't mean to be malicious it's like we have to look at your impact versus your intent yeah right like if your impact was great it it, it still burdened me right even if you didn't mean to mm-hmm. um and it still is is hurting me. Yeah. Okay. So as someone who obviously has gone through a lot in this process, um, like what would you recommend? Like what, what are you, what do you want to hear from people, from someone who was like trying to be like, Oh, it'll, it'll, everything happens for a reason. So like someone who has good intentions, yeah. but like, I, I guess 
Because, I mean, I like to think that, like, I hope I know the right thing to say to someone. Just, of like, course. I'm here to listen. That is that like, is the right thing to say. And that's the answer. Is, yeah. like, if somebody confides in you that they're trying and it just hasn't worked yet. Yeah. The best thing to say is, um, especially if they've told you how they feel about that. If they've said, like, I'm really depressed or I'm having a hard time or I'm sad. Just validating that and saying, gosh, that must be so hard. I am here for you. If you want to talk about it, I will listen. If you don't want to talk about it, that's okay too. Mm-hmm. You let me know what you need. Yeah. Um, like obviously incredibly important to like women who are trying or just yes. like folks who are trying in general. But I feel like that's just like a nice thing to take away to anyone who's feeling thing. Like Another feeling thing that you can do and like I, I didn't really do it on purpose. It just kind of happened this way. I had a select few people like my cousins who I would like unleash to, like I would tell them all my feelings about everything. Mm -hmm. People saying things to me that upset me, feelings I was going through, thoughts, dark thoughts that I had. And they were like my shield to other family members and other people in our lives. So I love that. If somebody said like, oh, is Anna okay? They'd be like, Anna's fine. Or they'd be like, Anna's not okay. Please stop saying this, this, and that to her. Right. Like, like and leave her be. I didn't necessarily ask them to do that, but, you know, they just kind of came to my rescue so that other people, like, they were like a wall that the annoying people didn't get to penetrate Right. Through. It's like a layer of defense. It's like, thank God that you have, like, Because people are curious, right? People right. are just naturally, innately curious. Humans just want to know the unknown. So, like, of course, the, when somebody gets married, there's whispering of, like, do they want to have kids? Are they going to yeah. wait? Right. And to have somebody who can just like put a stop to that, like gossip and make sure it doesn't get back to you right. or it's going to hurt you, um, was really helpful. Yeah. That's just nice. It's so, just, it's good to know that you have like that support system. Yeah. That, like, yeah. To, to, yeah, to break up. Just some having of your select cousins who are going to be like, no, no, not today. Right. Great Aunt Betty. <laughs> Don't go up to her and ask her that question. Get your antiquated thoughts out right. of here. <laughs> Figure it out. Or don't, or get out of here. Right. Right. Keep it to yourself. Um, So those are just some things that people were saying to me. And when we started trying, I read two books. I will link them on the site. It's been a minute since I've done that. But um, I don't feel super strongly about either of these books, but I do recommend reading them because I think if nothing else, they spark a lot of curiosity about important topics where you can start doing a deep dive, you know, doing more research onto this one topic that you read a little bit about. You can ask your doctor about it. You can pull your friends and ask them how they felt about it or what they did in their pregnancies. Like, it's always good to read this literature, even if you're kind of rolling your eyes, because if nothing else, it might like, it might spark something in you where you're like, oh, I I should probably learn more about that. Um, so the two books were what to expect before you're expecting, which honestly is pretty outdated, but it's okay for the basics. And then I read expecting better by Emily Oster. Do you know Emily Oster? Mm-mm. She's an economist okay. at Brown. Right. She went to Harvard. So her life's work is literally to analyze data, but Love she's it. not a medical professional. Okay. So, you know, that's a disclaimer there. She's basically saying, okay, there are. X amount of studies about eating raw eggs when pregnant. Mm -hmm. Let's go through the studies. This study is crap because of this. That study is crap because of this. Right. My conclusion personally is this. Make your own conclusion. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. Like it goes through all the pregnancy rules based on a different type of perspective. Um, It's pretty radical. There are some things I liked about it and others I thought were like totally stupid. But either way, I recommend read both of them for a polarizing experience and seeing just how drastically pregnant
pregnancy and pre-pregnancy advice will differ. Like you truly do need to make your own decisions because everybody's recommendations are going to conflict. Right. It's like, like you should, you should cast a wide net to start and then absolutely from there. Absolutely. Like people will tell you, like people will shame you if you're drinking coffee, which is so funny because do you want to know what like the standard limit is like most widely regarded for caffeine intake? 200 to 300 milligrams a day. That is plenty of coffee. Yeah, that's a lot. Like, you can just... Have, for a person or for someone who's pregnant? For a, a, someone who's pregnant. <laughs> that's a lot of coffee. Right. Like, you can have a cup of coffee. <laughs> right. Same thing with, like, if you choose to, you know, quote unquote, like, break the rules about sushi or soft yeah. cheeses or, you know, whatever it might be. Like, people will judge you. Um, even trying to have a baby, people are going to tell you, do it every other day, do it every day, do it only in your fertile window. Just relax, stop trying, try harder. I mean, everybody is going to tell you what worked for them. Yeah. And the truth is you're just going to have your own journey no matter what. Right. So just do whatever works for you. Yeah. Like it's okay to like hear what other people did and then Mm -hmm. you've got to decide for yourself what you're actually going to do though. Definitely. Because if, if it were true, like if that were true, if there were one way to get pregnant, Nobody, we, their accident babies wouldn't be a thing. Yeah. Right? Right. If it was just like, okay, have sex every other day, then everybody that had sex every other day would have a baby. And right. that's not true. Yeah. And everybody that had sex every day would not have a baby. And that's certainly not true. Mm-hmm. So it's like, the, you just have to drown people out sometimes. Right. That was really hard. Um, I joined a Facebook group that I really would recommend. I don't post in it or anything. I'm just a bystander. Mm-hmm. I might have posted in it one time, but it's called Scrubbing In TTC Journey. And it was amazing for me. People would, you know, say, hey, here's, you know, trigger warning. Here's a picture of my um, pregnancy test or my ovulation strip. What do you guys think? Is there a second line? People would say, um, you know, I, I had a loss and now I'm trying again. If anybody else has had a loss and you're able to talk, can you let me know? Uh, people would say, how did you guys feel about, you know, this symptom or that symptom? Do you think, you know, what were your earlier symptoms when you were pregnant? When do you think I should take a test? Like there was a sense of community that I appreciated among strangers. I think it's, it takes the pressure off when you don't know the people. Right. Because sometimes when you know the people, it's like, they want to give you not only their experience, but like their advice. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and then you're like, well, I feel like I owe this person doing it how they did it because I know them. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like that. I feel like it's actually like so much nicer to have a level of anonymity mm-hmm. if you want to keep it that way. I'm sure obviously like in that Facebook, in the Facebook group that like if you want to connect and like be friends with yeah, someone and, yeah. and go further, you can. Yeah, but yeah. like have, I feel like having the level of anonymity allows for a level of like not brutal honesty, but you can be more transparent. Yes. Because you're like, I don't know these people. Exactly. I'm like, I don't know you. <laughs> exactly. So those are just some of the things that I did while I was trying, while I was really depressed. Um, BetterHelp, again, one of our sponsors. Mm-hmm. You guys can access that in the show notes. Um, there's a link there for you for a discount code. But therapy is most certainly something that I would recommend while you're going through this, regardless of where you are in the journey. Um and yeah, I, I just, I was in a dark place. I was having a hard time and I, life in general was just hard and it was very dark. Um, I also started using pre-mom strips. So just to give you guys like a little summary of some of the acronyms, when you start trying to have a baby, you realize that the TTC trying to conceive 
community has like all these little acronyms and all of a sudden they go from like what the heck is this language to being completely fluent in it yeah so ttc means trying to conceive bd which i don't use that one when people are like typing that out means baby dance so Mm -hmm. like having sex to conceive got it OPK, I know, so so dumb. It's like a it's like a like a rain dance. Right, 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 right. OPK means ovulation predictor kits, um, which really is just like an ovulation strip that you mm-hmm. pee on. It's it's really not a kit. It's a it's a little pee test. Yeah, but that's what it's called when people say OPK. Um, BBT, basal body temperature, which we'll talk about that. Um, but there's all of these. Um, what's another one? Shoot. Oh, another one is BFP, big fat positive. So that's like when it's positive and you don't have any doubt, like it it comes up really dark right away. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bunch. And that's another reason why I, I recommend reading the books and joining a Facebook group, because basically the very first thing you're going to be introduced to is all of these silly little acronyms. And it's going to help you feel more prepared and connected to this journey when people are using that language with you. I think something that's really hard is like one time I was talking to a friend who was also trying to have a baby and I normally don't ask people questions at all about their Mm -hmm. journeys unless they start offering up information and I can tell that they want me to ask. Right. So, um, you know, this friend was telling me like her cycles are really off and I was like, Oh, well, how many days are your cycle? I kid you not. Her answer to me was seven. And she was referring to her period. Yes. And not her cycle. Right. And I'm like, this is the problem. Like, it's a problem that yeah. we are responsible to teach ourselves these things. Which sucks because, like, what's the documentation that you got? I mean, the class when you were, like, 16. Right. Or the American Girl Box, like, book right. Your Body and You. Oh, my God. We're like, linking is it. Is that what we got? <laughs> the American Girl Book? I mean, yes. don't get me wrong. It's great for, like, teen, for like preteens. Preteens only. Yes. Right. But, like, if that's Children. the only legit book that we're ever, that ever, that all right. have been, like, given. Right. So when I say OPK to that person, you best believe they don't know what I'm talking about. Right. And I don't want to put shame or blame is on that, that person for not or conceiving because that is certainly something somebody that is trying to conceive doesn't need yeah. shame or blame. Right. But I do want people who are seeking information to have access to it. Yeah. Um, I think that's really important. And therefore, I'm going to tell you about my... OPKs. So um, something to note, the first few months, and there are several brands that you can use, like Modern Fertility has a brand. You can get generic ones from Amazon that are inexpensive. Premom is just a brand that I have a friend with PCOS and similar cycle irregularities to me. So I felt comfortable following the journey that she had. Turns out she and I conceived in the, the same number of months and had a very similar journey after all. So I use the Premom brand as well as the Premom app. And the first few months that I used these, I used the blue pack. Now, these are qualitative, which means that they pretty much tell you yes or no. You're ovulating or you're not ovulating. I did that for several months. I never really got what's called a peak. So basically what that means is you pee in a cup. You don't do it in the toilet because you have to dip it in the you have to dip the strip in the pee. And if you were to dip it in the toilet, there's water in the toilet. It would dilute the pee. Mm-hmm. So you pee in a cup. It's a whole thing. I literally was walking around like with, a, that's an adventure with a cup in, in my purse right, all the time. Gnarly. <laughs> yes. 
And you open the little wrapper and you dip this thing in and it has two lines. One is the control line and one is the line that is going to tell you if you're ovulating or not or how close you are to ovulating. What it's actually measuring is something called LH, the luteinizing hormone, which is indicative of you're going to ovulate soon. Mm -hmm. So basically what I was doing is I was, twice a day I was doing this and I was taking a picture of it. And once you took a picture of it in the app, it would assign a number to you, whatever, like a score basically okay. that you would get. Once you get what's called a peak, then you know it's time, like it's time to go. It's time to do it. Yeah. It's so confusing though, because sperm can live in the body for up to, you know, for five to seven days. So you also want to be doing it earlier in case by the time you ovulate, that sperm is still alive and can find its way to you. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. So I was doing that and I was never really getting a peek. And I'm like, what the heck? I'm following the directions. I'm reading this little packet. Right. Like, you know how we always like open a box and kind of like throw away the little instructions (laughs) packet for stuff? I was like really reading it. Like I was really (laughs) looking at all the different languages that they have available to you. I was like really trying. (laughs) And then on the on this Facebook group, I eventually realized that maybe the purple pack would be a better fit for me. Mm-hmm. The purple pack is quantitative. And what that means is basically instead of like being as stark as saying yes or no, it was assigning more of an accurate number. Okay. So I was peaking on those right. and I was learning more about my cycle on those. And it was interesting. Basically, um, how it works is it charts it for you. So when I when I say charting your cycle, that's like a really old school method of trying to conceive. And it takes two different methods and puts them in one chart. The first is what I just described, which is the OPK. So tracking your luteinizing hormone. The second is your basal body temperature, which is going to change when you are going to ovulate. So what I would do is I also downloaded this app called Natural Cycles, and it came with a thermometer. And every morning, I would take my temperature, and I would log it in the app. I would also log my temperature in the Premom app because it would give me a chart. So, you know, there'd be one color line that tracked my temperature, one color line that tracked my luteinizing hormone, my OPK. And when your body temperature rises for three days and then drops, that is confirming ovulation. Mm -hmm. So you have your OPK, your ovulation predictor kit to tell you when you're gonna ovulate. And then you have your basal body temperature to tell you when you already did. Right. And what is supposed to happen is that in the chart, those two lines are supposed to connect. Okay. And that's when you know it's money, on the money, magic time. Yep. It doesn't happen that way for everybody though. It didn't happen that way for me. Right. It never really did. I'm following all the directions. I'm reading the stupid little pamphlets. Right. So, like, how did, how did you mentally, like, I know you said you were in a dark place. Like, how do you, I guess, try to avoid letting, like, negative voices. You're like, what am I doing this all for? Like, for how me? Do you just, how do you keep yourself going, really? Um. Well, I had a mental breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> I had, like, a full-on total mental breakdown. Oh. Um. Devin was great. Yeah. He you know, would remind, he would thank me with that. This is huge. If you're someone whose partner is the birthing partner and you're listening to this, a great way to support the birthing partner is to thank them for what they're doing for your family, because it can feel really mundane. Like even having sex is like, 
not like work. Yeah, yeah. It becomes a chore. And then mm-hmm. of course you have a conversation, you, you open up your feelings about that and you get to a place where it feels, you know, it's better, but it's still work. Yeah. Right. And it's still, you know, in the back of your head, it's for a common goal mm-hmm. and that's hard to let go of. So, yeah. um, thanking your partner for what they're putting their body through, reminding your partner that whatever happens, Oh my God, my hormones, I'm about to cry. <laughs> Reminding your partner that whatever happens, like you're still in it for life. Um, and that, you know, however this needs to happen, like we'll take that path and we'll do it. Right. Um, and not putting the pressure on, it's going to happen and you're going to get pregnant. Cause it's like, yeah, even if you think that for a lot of families, it's not what happens. Right. And a lot of those families do still have children. They adopt children. They are they use a surrogate, um, you know, whatever it may be. And you don't want to go that route so quickly either, especially if you're, you haven't really needed to have a real reason to be concerned. Like you yeah, haven't reached the infertility diagnosis yeah, yet. Yeah, I feel like it's easy to like get impatient. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Especially when people around you are getting pregnant left and right. Um, and you have to remember too, yes, some of those people got pregnant easily. That doesn't mean that they didn't have their own trials or tribulations right. in life in general. And you're looking at like a small yeah. sample of the population. And some people didn't get pregnant easily and you're just hyper aware about pregnancies and you're out here in your feelings and crushed that they're pregnant. They could have been trying for eight months. Right. You don't know. Yeah. You know, I didn't know, but I was like so triggered. And of course I was. I mean, everybody's triggered when you're trying to have a baby and somebody announces that they're pregnant. It's like a knife to the heart. And then you feel like a horrible person right? because you love these people yeah. and you want to be there to support them. But you, y- your tank is not full enough to do that. And then you're sad for them and for you mm-hmm. that your reaction probably wasn't what it would have been if you were in a better place. And it's just, it makes it all a challenge. It's a whirlwind of emotions. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I was doing that. I was using all the apps. Um, so flow, natural cycles and pre-mom. I was doing the basal body temperature. I was doing the OPKs. I was taking the supplements. I was like doing all the things. Um, And something that was really interesting, and some of you who have maybe been pregnant and are listening to this, maybe you had a similar experience if you have PCOS or cycle irregularities, is my three apps were giving me three different ovulation dates. So flow, which pretty much just goes by your period, right? Yeah. The pattern of your cycle, the average of, of your last however many cycles you've logged. Mm-hmm. Luckily, mine was like years worth. Yeah. So it was pretty accurate, but not enough. Right. You, the body's crazy. The body does crazy things. The body does its own thing. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't care about your data. <laughs> I see all of your rules. I care to ignore yeah, them all. Yeah. Like for so many reasons. For stress, like which is, you know, it can be like a self-protection thing to suppress ovulation. Like right. even if you mentally and emotionally disagree, the body will decide side for you if it's a good time to release an egg yeah if it's a good time like it's the body is physically and physiologically smart yeah and it's kind of crazy but then right. it's hurtful because you're like come on release this like we're egg. ready to do something let's go and the yes. body's like no it's not a good time i mean it's crazy so basically what i had to do is i i kind of had to use my best guess you know and i i it wasn't working my, my best guess wasn't working yeah. month after month after month after month it wasn't working um so like I said, people, you got to be careful how much, if you're a fragile person emotionally, like I am and was, you have to be careful how much you want to share with people because at some point they get comfortable enough to give you unsolicited advice 
And sometimes, like, I'm not saying advice is bad. A lot of advice has been hugely helpful to me. But yeah. it's when I seek it out. Right. And it's when I'm in a place to receive it. And that's the difference. So a lot of times, you know, I'd open up to somebody and I'd be like, I'm doing all, I'm doing literally everything right and it's not working. And then people would be like, well, what about this? Or what about that? And I would just be like, oh, like it would drive me crazy. I think stuff like that is so tough too, because it's like, like they may not necessarily even like recognize that it's unsolicited advice. It's like, oh, I'm just like, just trying to help. They're just trying to help. Exactly. They're just like trying to say, give you an example. Okay. This worked for me or this worked for so-and-so. Right. Maybe right. that'll try. And you're just like, you think I'm not trying and the irony all these 90 things already? Like, Is that somebody I don't even know very well slid into my DMs, gave me a piece of unsolicited advice, and I implemented it. And that's the month that I got pregnant. We'll leave this on a cliffhanger. This episode is not over. I have plenty more to say. But we will take a break to do the What Made Me Smile feature, sponsored by Baltimore Dental Co. What made me smile this week? Spending time with my dad. Spending quality time with my dad lately has been really great. As you guys know, my dad has Parkinson's disease and I have been taking my dad every day to his physical therapy, his speech therapy, and his occupational therapy and because my dad doesn't drive as far as that therapy is. And it's been really great. Um, it's, you know, I had a stay-at-home dad growing up and we spent a lot of time in the car, just me and him. So it's kind of back to where we started being in the car, just me and him and listening to music and laughing and talking about life. Um, and I'm just proud of my dad for, you know, all of the hard work that he's putting in to um, improve his his quality of life and to to battle Parkinson's. So that's definitely what made me smile this week. We had a nice little lunch together yesterday and I really enjoyed that. Baltimore Dental Co. is the company that I used to work with my wedding teeth. So Dr. Leah Romay in Glendon, Maryland, she is absolutely incredible. She was on the podcast. Definitely give it a listen if you haven't checked it out yet. They have a special promotion for our listeners where if you go to Baltimore Dental Co., if you're local and mention the Enough podcast, you can get a free consultation as well as free teeth whitening with your treatment if you get a treatment plan. So check out BaltimoreDentalCo.com, mention the Enough podcast for a free consultation and free teeth whitening with your treatment plan at Baltimore Dental Co. with Dr. Leo Romay in Glendon, Maryland. So let's talk about period pain. Period pain is not normal. It's common, but it's not normal. And if you follow me on social, you know that I've been really outspoken about my women's health and really inspiring or trying to inspire other people to get curious about their own women's health and their own period pain. I am so excited to be partnering with Semaine. This is a natural period pain supplement that I've been taking since I got off hormonal birth control. So I guess it's been like seven months now. Let me tell you, I have a better period than ever. It helps my period pain so much, it helps my bloating so much, and it even helps my mood and my fatigue. It has ashwagandha, it has green tea, it has magnesium, and all of these different things that really help with my period pain. I'm so excited to share a discount code with you guys. Our listeners can save 20% with code ANNA20 on SameenHealth.com. You can also find these supplements at your local Target. 
So go to SemaineHealth.com and use code Anna20 if you want to save 20%. That's S-E-M-A-I-N-E Health.com. So excited to also be partnering with Ovamoon. I've been taking Ovamoon every single day for about a year and a half now. It's a hormone and cycle balancing multivitamin. So it's your daily multivitamin, but it is specifically formulated to help you have a healthy cycle. There are ingredients like chase tree that promote ovulation. There's magnesium, folate, iron, vitamin D, vitamin B, everything that you need. I truly believe it's brought my period back to a regular place and a healthy flow. And I also believe that it's played a part in me finally having a symptom-free cycle. They even have a prenatal now. So if you're looking for a natural science-backed supplement, either before conceiving or during pregnancy, check them out and use code ENOUGH for 20% off. Check them out on Instagram as well for women's health tips at Ovamoon or shop them online at ovamoon.com. Okay, we're back. Now I'm going to talk about when I actually got pregnant. I know I've been talking a lot and it hasn't even been about when I got pregnant, but I thought that all of that other lead up information was relevant, especially if you're someone who is trying to have kids or at some point you might want to try to have kids. At that time that I was in a deep depression and trying to get pregnant and not getting pregnant, I was also extremely stressed at my job. Um, and we know that cortisol and trying to have high cortisol levels and trying to have a baby are not best buds. So, um, my job actually came to a screeching halt. Um, I suddenly left my job in the beginning of April. I can't say much more than that, but I will tell you, um, that it was certainly not helping me get pregnant. So I am at this moment not working. (laughs) I am just here living living, doing the podcast, (laughs) growing a baby human. Right. So fast forward a month after that, it's the month of May. The month of May is about to roll around. I'm devastated because of Mother's Day. It's extremely triggering and I just spiral. And somebody slid into my DMs. I think they kind of sensed what was going on because sometimes I would share like, you know, I always share Mother's Day and Father's Day, like thinking of you posts. Like Mm -hmm. I always do that. But this year I think it was obvious that it was just different. You're like, I'm thinking of myself. Yeah, I'm thinking of myself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, this person gave me a piece of advice, and which normally, as I've you know let on, I don't love that. But they said, don't use pre-seed lubricant. Mm-hmm. Use good, clean love. And to be honest, I was a little frustrated because, A, I was just tired of unsolicited advice. But B, like, I was using pre-seed. Right. So the recommendation made me feel like, oh, my God, am I not getting pregnant because of this thing that I've been doing? Am I the problem? Like, that made me, like, it put blame on me. Right. But I was like, well, I'm not pregnant. Let's look at the facts. I'm not pregnant, and I have nothing to lose, and I have everything to gain. I'll just switch my lubricant. Yeah. Right? And just a disclaimer, many, 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 many babies are made without lubricant. You don't necessarily need some special lubricant. But if you're curious and it's just something that you want to try – it's not that expensive. You might as well. I got it on Amazon and I don't know, go for it. Right. So that's what I did. Um, I switched. Devin had a lot of travel scheduled in the month of May. So we weren't really going to be seeing each other very much. And we decided that due to the reduced chance of conceiving because of not really being together very much and how it was really taking a toll on us, especially me emotionally, we would just stop actively trying in the month of May. Yeah. So we just stopped. Just take a break. Yep. We just took a break. Um, I continued, which is fine to do. If you are like in the throes of it and you need a sign that like it's okay to just take a second for your mental health and for your relationship, 
it's okay. Like, and your body, like you can do that. Um, so I continue to track my period. I continue to track my basal body temperature, my BBT and, but I didn't use any OPKs and I didn't put any pressure on us to have sex on certain days. Like, you know, when you're trying, it's like, come on. It's like the data says Tuesday. Right. Exactly. We didn't do that anymore. We just said, forget it. In the month of May, we're not doing that. We're going to be a regular couple. And it kind of felt unnatural because, and sad. Yeah. Because I wanted to try. So when we weren't actively trying, like when there, when there was like a missed opportunity, but we both agreed on it, it still was like, Oh. You're like we should have done something. Yeah, yeah. like I, that, that's tough to grapple with because mm-hmm. it's like that's it was hard stuff to like try not to think about when that's like all you've been thinking about for yeah. a good like three four months. But trying wasn't working, and I needed to let up on all the pressure I was putting on myself. So we decided to take a trip, just the two of us, to reconnect, and it turned out to be a very good idea because I got pregnant. Nice. Um, and I'm like hesitant to share that because sometimes people will say advice that is like kind of hurtful, like stop trying or just relax. I hate that one. Or just relax. Or just, or just take a trip. And it's like, there are plenty of people doing all of the right things and still not getting pregnant. If it were that easy and we could just relax, everybody on earth would be a parent. Yeah. It's not, that's not how it happens. Right. So I am sharing that that actually was my experience just because it's transparent, but Rest assured, I'm not sharing it because I think that that's what everybody should do. It's just what happened to work for us the month that we conceived. Mm -hmm. The only differences that we made, um, I left my job. I used the good, clean love lube. Um, I think just the probability speaking, my chances had increased because the number of months I'd been trying increased. Like that has nothing to do with me or anything I'm doing or not doing. And just the fact that over a certain period of time, your chances are going to be higher. Um, and going on a trip and just reconnecting and, and not trying and taking the pressure out of it. Yeah. Um, and I want to acknowledge like the massive privileges in that. Like, I am not saying go quit your job, like at right. all. Um, and it wasn't even like that for me. I just, I can't really talk about it, but I will say, um, you know, the, the position that I'm in where I'm okay enough to have done that. Um, I recognize that that's not everyone's experience it's not most people's experience and you can't simply just up and leave your job and get pregnant magically like I'm I'm not suggesting that um and I'm also certainly not suggesting just stopping trying I am suggesting considering taking a break for the for the sake of your emotional and mental well-being if you're not okay um but again like we were just talking about that comes with the risk of potentially missing that month yeah you know or mm-hmm. not like me right so we're finding it. Yeah. you know it's all a freaking maze and gamble and there is no right or wrong way to do it and because if there was then we'd all have the same journey and we don't right yeah that's i'm i'm very happy that that is how it worked out for you guys to kind of not think about it but yeah to that point it's it's just so tough and like you said you've just been like hyper focused on it for such a long time yeah to try to not think about it even though you're like yeah oh like this is probably when we should have Giving it a shot, like, right. but we didn't do it that day, like. Right. And I think another thing that helped me conceive in that month, because, you know, I, I still was tracking, like, my BDs, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I looked at it, and I compared it to all the other months that we had tried. And one thing that I did notice was different was um, doing it later in the cycle. Well, I think I was stopping too early. 
in my okay. other cycles. I ovulated on day 23 in this cycle. So it, most people ovulate around day 14. Yeah. So if I was stopping too early, then the sperm was dying before the egg was ever released. It wasn't going to happen. Right. You were just like missing the time. I was missing it. Yeah. Now it's, it's possible that that's not what happened because it is possible that I was, I was truly ovulating earlier in my other cycles and it just didn't happen for me. That's completely possible. Mm -hmm. But it's also possible that my timing was wrong. You never really know. Nobody ever really knows. That's the thing too. It's all a freaking game. It's crazy. It's, it's a personal, emotional journey for everybody. Um, and that's how it happened for me. So I had absolutely no idea I was pregnant. I was in my college town of Oxford, Mississippi, drinking pickle martinis and yeah. <laughs> living my best life, showing Devin for the first time. It was the best little weekend oh, I ever. I remember seeing that when you guys went. Yep. I was pregnant there. Nice. Didn't know. <laughs> Did not know. It's still a collection of cells at that mm-hmm. point, I feel like. It, I mean, it was like, it, that's what made me feel better about, you know, the heavy drinking. But yeah. I... It's so funny when I think about it because I'm like, oh, my God, if this child – I never wanted to put pressure on my child for where they went to school. But if this child is conceived in <laughs> Ole Miss and doesn't go there, I'm like, come on. Like, I'm not going to say I'm going to be disappointed. You literally <laughs> from from conception have been going here. Come on. But anyway, so I had absolutely no idea. I never would have guessed it ever um, until towards the end of my cycle I realized that I had tender breasts – which is normal for me before a period, but I didn't have any cramps. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in my entire life, I've never been approaching my period without cramps. Like, that's not a thing for really? me ever, oh. ever. That's why I have always used Samane, which use code ANNA20 for some Samane. If you have per- painful periods, painful cycles, pain during ovulation, I even have used it for headaches or menstrual migraines before it rocks. Anyway, so I had this breast tenderness. Um, and the other funny thing too, about this cycle that made it so different is I had zero tests on hand. And in every other cycle, I was obsessed with testing. I had tons of tests on hand and I would test way too early and way too often, all different brands. I was buying first response, digital, first response, rapid, clear, blue, digital, clear, blue, rapid, generic grocery store ones, ones from Amazon, little strips. I mean, I was like crazy about it because I was obsessed. I was so obsessed Um, and every time I was going to, I broke my own heart every single time. I knew it was too early to test or I knew that my period was coming or whatever. And I still would do it. I still would break my own heart. And it's very expensive too, by the way, like it sucks. So, um, in this cycle in May, when I actually got pregnant, but I didn't know I was pregnant, I decided I wasn't going to do that. I was just going to wait for my period because surely I wasn't pregnant. So why spend the money? I'll just save myself the heartbreak and the $22. Like, forget it. So my friend Kelly gets engaged and my period still doesn't come. Sore breasts still. I tell my friend Megan, I'm going to go to the gas station. We were on our way to go surprise her for her engagement. Mm -hmm. Kelly. I actually was buying one single pregnancy test, which is so unlike me because normally I would be buying like an armful of tests. Yeah, I'll take that one, that one, that one, that one. I just bought one (laughs) test. It's not even my preferred brand. It was a clear blue. A clear blue rapid, I think. And somehow I had insane willpower and I waited two whole days before I even took the test. I think I was just tired of taking them too early and wasting mm-hmm. the test that I was like, if I really am, am pregnant, then I won't get my period for a couple more days. And if that's the case, then I'll take it then. 
Right. Yeah, just like kind of wait it out yeah. and let something develop. And, and I can't believe I had that willpower. Right. Like, I don't know where it came from. <laughs> I think because deep down <laughs> I knew I was patient. <laughs> yeah, like I think I knew. So I woke up one morning, two days later, hadn't gotten my period, felt strongly that I could be pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't tell anyone, didn't even tell Devin. Went downstairs, got a cup, peed in the cup, dipped the test in it, and a faint line came up right away. And I knew I was pregnant. And I was shocked. And it's so funny because I see these memes and it's like, me, trying to have a baby on purpose, getting a positive pregnancy test, absolutely shocked. <laughs> but, but it's true. Like, I, yeah. I was like, what? This month? May? Right. What? But I did. I got pregnant in May. Um, so it's funny. I had six months earlier when, you know, we started trying, I had a fortune cookie made for Devin. Devin loves Chinese food. It's mm-hmm. his favorite food. And on the inside, it said, you're going to be a dad. And my whole plan was whenever I got pregnant, I was going to suggest that we get Chinese takeout for dinner, which is would be very normal for us. Yeah. And then just slip the fortune cookie to him and have him think nothing of it and open it and look at me and, you know, we'd have a right. moment. Well, I, my dumbass in the morning was just like <laughs> so excited and I was being so weird. Because I didn't know what to do with myself. Right. I'm like, what do I do with my hands? I'm like freaking out. Like, how do you hide something from your husband? Who, for a whole day? Yeah, who has been a Forget part of this from, Yeah, the entire time. I couldn't do it. Maybe oh, for like future kids, I think I could do it. Right. Like second or third. Yeah. First one, I was like, I, I have to tell you right now. <laughs> so coffee in bed has always been a special thing that we share. And I decided that I was going to bring him coffee, which is totally the reverse of how our life typically Mm -hmm. works and i handed him the fortune cookie with his coffee which is very weird i mean why would anyone have a fortune cookie with their morning coffee i don't know well i also was so nervous that i accidentally filmed my own reaction instead of filming his reaction (laughs) so i set up my camera i gave him coffee and a fortune cookie and he was like what is this and i just said open your fortune cookie and he was like why is your phone on why, why are you filming? I said, just open your fortune cookie. Luckily, he was so disoriented from being tired. He, mm-hmm. like, didn't catch on. If I were him, I would have instantly been like, oh, what are you, pregnant? Right. Nope, he did not get it. <laughs> so uh, I will eventually, like, release this video. Uh, release it. As if it's, like, in a vault. For public consumption. Right. It's not a, It's not even a good video. And it's an it's uh, iPhone. It's in a view the whole time. Right, right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I will, I will show it to you at some point. Yeah. And, um... It was really sweet. He opened it and he looked at me and his jaw dropped and he said, are you serious? Are you serious? I said, yes, I'm pregnant. And I just pulled out a pregnancy test and um, we started crying and we hugged and it was just like, it was really amazing and special. It was like one of the happiest moments. So um, total coincidence. I happened to have an annual doctor's appointment, an annual GYN appointment scheduled for the very next day. Normally, when you're pregnant, yes, you should, like, go ahead and tell your GYN. Just go ahead and tell them right away that you're pregnant, but they're not going to see you right away. Right. Every doctor's office is different with how many weeks they'll see you. Some people tell me they don't get seen until eight weeks. Some people tell me they don't get seen until 11 weeks. Like, it's it's different depending on your doctor. Yeah. Um, my doctor would have seen me at seven weeks, um, but she saw me the very next day because we had an annual scheduled. So... Um, they sent me for blood work. My HCG levels, that's the pregnancy hormone, were very low, but they were positive. It was mm-hmm. kind of concerning that they were very low. Um, and I started getting extremely fatigued later that day. Like pregnancy fatigue is no freaking joke. I felt like I 
Like, you know when you pull an all-nighter in college, but then you get to go sleep after you take the test? Yeah. I felt like I wasn't allowed to go to sleep after taking the test. Oh, my gosh. Like, that, like, but I felt that way 24-7. Yeah. Like, all the time. So, two days later, our friend Amy got engaged. Um, so, I had two engagements and a pregnancy, positive pregnancy test Not in the same you're week. you're exhausted. You're busy as heck. But like, it was so funny because I'm like, oh, my God, secretly, like, for our little middle school group of girlfriends this is such a big week and you guys don't even know how just how big right. you know it was like it was so <laughs> funny um and then I started to get really nauseous some other symptoms big veins in my breasts um I was very fatigued crate my cravings my early cravings were crab meat which is interesting because some some people theorize that you crave what you like nutrients that you need Mm -hmm. and crab meat is full of folate and folate is important to develop a spine for a baby. So I'm like, Oh, is this my body? Like telling me that that's an important nutrient that I need. And Devin's like, can you get a cheaper craving? He's like out here buying (laughs) two crab cake platter dinners, like for lunch in the middle of the day. Um, all kinds of symptoms like came on with a vengeance. So I got my HCG tested again and it was growing a lot. It was much better and we were happy. But then a full 10 days after finding out I was pregnant, I ended up in the emergency room for chest pain and shoulder pain, um, which is a telltale sign, or it can be, don't panic if this is you, um, of ectopic pregnancy, which means that the pregnancy is occurring not inside the uterus um, and needs to be removed. It's Mm life-threatening. So at this point, the last day of my menstrual period was seven and, a half, seven and a half weeks prior. So I was supposed to be seven and a half weeks pregnant. If you didn't know, um, prior to your first ultrasound where they can actually do a measurement of your embryo or of your fetus, they will just use the first date of your last menstrual period as when your pregnancy started. It's kind of weird. It's just how it goes. So they did do an ultrasound while I was in the hospital and they diagnosed me with a blighted ovum which is when there is a gestational sac, but there's no baby and there's no yolk sac. Um, This happens when the baby either never was there or the baby was there, but was reabsorbed by the body because it was unviable. And we were absolutely devastated. Um, My HCG was also slowing down, which was not good. So the day after that, we went to a family wedding, which was the day before Father's Day. And it was very difficult and pretty traumatic. Um, you know, I had to fake drink. That was really hard. I thought that I was walking around with this unviable baby inside of me the day before Father's Day. So tough to like put on a brave face and like positive face for like a wedding. And And it was a a cousin that I'm very close to. And so it's not like you can just get, couldn't be like, I'm sick. I can't go. No way. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I mean, if it was anybody else, like I might've considered it, but not for this cousin. I had to be there. And, um, it's, it was so sad. I mean, it was really sad. So the day after that was Father's Day. And I had a message in my chart confirming that my results from the emergency room were indicative of a miscarriage. And we were so devastated. I felt so badly for Devin. It was Father's Day. I mean, there's never a good time for that news, but Father's Day is a particularly cruel time yeah. for that news. Right. Um, so my parents were keen on the fact that something was going on, that something was wrong. And we decided that we would go ahead and tell them what was wrong because they were like respecting our privacy, but they still were clearly very concerned. And I didn't want to make them like worried sick about me. Right. And you guys spend a lot of time with them too. So it's yes. They're, I feel like parents are intuitive. Exactly. So, um, 
I, we decided that we were going to tell them. So the day after Father's Day, we just sat him down and we told him and I was crying and they were so sorry for what we were going through. And then we told Devin's parents and we told a handful of our very closest friends who had been asking us to hang out and do things. And we wanted to explain why we were not available to do things. Um, and everyone was amazing. I mean, people sent flowers and cards and checked on us. And uh, it was a relief that it was no longer a secret. We felt very supported by people who love us very much. Like, I would imagine that for a healthy pregnancy that's going well from the get-go, hiding it can be a really fun secret with your partner. But we didn't really have that experience because it wasn't going well from the get-go. Right. Um, so like the opposite. Yes. Case of emotions. And hiding it was making it worse. Yeah. And it's that's another thing that is really a difficult topic of conversation is that a lot of people will tell you that it's, you know, it's socially appropriate to wait until 12 weeks or 13 weeks. And it's like, no, it's socially appropriate to announce it when you feel comfortable announcing it. Yeah. That could mean never. Right. That could mean second or third trimester. Yeah, like upon arrival. That could really? mean the day you get a positive pregnancy test. Right. I mean, only you can decide what's appropriate. Only you can decide what kind of support you want. Do you want to handle this in private? Do you want to handle this with support people from the very beginning? Do you want a combination of the two where you have it in private for a while and then you have support? Um, for me personally, I have mixed feelings about it because when we thought we were losing our baby, we hadn't told anybody yet. And I felt like I never got to celebrate that happy news with anyone because it was already gone before I had an opportunity to do that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I would have been heartbroken if that were the case for somebody else. They may feel better processing that in private and having to tell people what happened could be a really traumatic, terrible thing. And I completely validate and understand that. So again, just something to consider that rule is, is not universal. That rule is for you to decide whether or not you're going to follow. I think that that's really important to tell people. And in that same week where we, you know, were sad and grieving, I lost all of my pregnancy symptoms. And I thought like, well, this is it. Like, this is my body, you know, rejecting this baby. And I am going to have to go back in seven to 10 days, which is what my doctor wanted to do. She said, let's do another ultrasound in seven to 10 days just to make sure. Um, and I'm going to have to get the worst news ever. So that whole week, we we scheduled it for seven days later. And that whole week, we were just grieving. And honestly, we grew a lot closer. Like, we were, like, really supporting each other. We were heartbroken that, like, we had tried and tried and tried. It finally happened only for it to not. Like, and that's a lot of people's real life and reality. And that sucks. And that's so beyond sad and hard. Yeah. Um. And it was weird. Like, it was weird to prepare for a bad thing, um, in the future. It, it felt weird. So anyway, we go to this appointment. We're thinking that we're there to confirm what we already know and discuss our options. Cause that's kind of what we were told to right. be ready for. Yeah. Right before the ultrasound, I started to get, and I am not an optimistic person. I'm a pessimistic person to be frank. I started to get a glimmer of hope and I, I, when I say hope, I think I meant like, wow, if, if there was a yolk sack this time, that would mean that it's progressing. Mm -hmm. That was my version of hope. Well, the ultrasound tech, who was fantastic, she was briefed on our case. She knew what we were going through. So she was very compassionate. And then she just goes, 
oh, yep, there's a heartbeat. And we were like, whose heartbeat? And she goes, your baby. There's your baby. There's a yolk sac. There's your baby's heartbeat. And Devin just erupts into hysterical crying. Bursts into tears. Aww. I didn't because I was so You're like, stunned. No, no. <laughs> that I my jaw dropped and I was like, what? Like yeah. we were just so confused and happy. It was like finding out all over again that you're having a baby. Right. I feel like it's like a level of like shock. You guys Absolute are like full, shock. totally prepared. Yes. I don't even. Did I tell that? you this part? No. I don't even think I told you about mm-hmm. any of this. Yeah. No. I mean, I'm like floored right now. That's another reason why it's been hard because yeah. it was like hard, then happy, and then extra hard, and then extra happy. Yeah. I know you told me it's it's been a roller coaster to which I was like, yeah. Say no more. Well, here, fine. Yeah, this is the ride. Well, I'm, uh, I'm yeah, on board. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, it was more than I could have ever imagined. Yeah. And we learned that our baby was measuring about 10 days to two weeks behind, which meant that the reason it did not appear on the emergency room ultrasound is because I was earlier than I was told. But there was no way to confirm that yet without having anything to measure inside of the sack. So this meant that I truly did ovulate around day 23 of my cycle. That would put me around 10 days after normal right. ovulation, right? Um, and you know, for reference, as I mentioned, most people are going to ovulate halfway through their cycle. Um, but I don't, my, my cycles tend to be longer. So, um, when I look back at my apps, this means that I either conceived the day before we went to Oxford or while I was in Oxford, which is amazing. A little hotty toddy old Miss baby. Thank God. Um, and we FaceTimed our moms. My mom was out of town. Um, we actually went directly to my dad and we showed it to him and everybody cried and was so happy. Devin's dad was actually on his way to Africa to hike or to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. So we had no way of contacting him. So we sent him a message. And by the time he got there, he opened the message and was like, oh my God, I'm crying. Like, this is the best thing to, you know, let's get on our flight back home. (laughs) Like it was amazing. Um, so then we had to call the handful of friends that we told back and we had to tell them that actually we had good news after all. And everybody was shocked and everybody was excited. So it wasn't long before my symptoms came back. They like came back with full force vengeance. I have really bad sciatic pain. I got a referral for pelvic floor physical therapy. I need to call Dr. Sam and you guys need to listen to that episode. If you haven't already, we did a pelvic floor physical therapy episode um, that really opened my eyes to all of the importance in the pelvic floor whether you're pregnant or not it was really interesting and now it's like I think I'm realizing I've had issues for a really 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 long time and now they're exacerbated being pregnant so I want to go ahead and get ahead of them yeah um so all my episodes are like tying together now it's kind of fun right (laughs) um mood swings acne nausea breast tenderness headaches here and there the fatigue is insane I was napping every day like a little baby like I'd wake up have a little breakfast if I could stomach it. And then I'd be like ready for my morning nap. Like it, yeah. it was, I was like not a functioning adult. <laughs> um, it's been hard and it's just wild. I, I feel so sick and so exhausted yet so connected to my body and so grateful, grateful in general, but especially after thinking we had had a loss and especially after knowing how it felt to want to be pregnant and, and not have it yet. Um, so it was sad because we were robbed of being able to tell our loved ones we were having a baby in this big, happy way, like I always imagined. And then another thing that was hard was that like some people didn't seem particularly excited and that really gutted me. Like some family members just don't seem very excited and that's been really hard. That's not great. I mean, yeah. like, I don't know. I guess it's kind of, I guess, do you have to kind of look at it the way 
your headset, your mind space, headspace was when people were giving you stuff and like having happy moments. You're like hearing about other people getting pregnant. You're like, well, I'm not happy. Is it someone who's Normally, older? Normally, I would say like... yes, but it's people who are done having kids and like a lot older than me. Yeah. And I'm like, and then again, it's like you never know. Somebody could have had a loss that you don't know about, and right? This could like maybe that. they wanted to keep having kids and they couldn't, or like or something, or yeah. anything, or yeah. like if they don't have so grandbabies it's hard to or anything be too like offended, that. Yeah. But it's also like I know how I was when those people announced their pregnancies, and I was I couldn't have been more excited, like bouncing off the walls, and right. I I just expected a similar reaction, and I think that goes back to expectations, right? Right. And it's like I break my own heart when I expect people to react the way I think they will in my head when they don't in real life. Yeah. And that's on me. That's tough. But it doesn't mean it doesn't suck. Right. It doesn't you know? make it any easier. So that, you know, if you're going through that, you want to talk and support each other, DM me. Let's <laughs> let's talk because that, that's been something that I wasn't expecting at all. Um, Devin has been the best daddy. Takes care of me. Rubs my feet, gets me whatever I'm craving. We'll go to the grocery store and buy bizarre things. <laughs> um, Just weird, giant crab cakes. He's definitely no, afraid of me. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> <Store brand. laughs> Handles my uh, my mood swings very well. Doesn't get offended. Doesn't take him personally. Great. Reassures me everything's gonna be great. He's not mad. We're you know we're having this baby and yada yada yada. Uh, so he's been the best, and we feel extra connected to each other going through this together and it's just it's been a real it's been a, a beautiful experience to have with him we are not finding out if it's boy or a girl we're just gonna see upon its arrival we're gonna see upon its arrival I love it. yep and so good. something one i have to say this is gonna get some backlash i don't first of all i don't care what people do like find out or don't like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter to me do whatever you want but one thing that really puzzles me is, like, this deeply, deeply puzzles me, is when people say, I have to find out because I'm a planner. And I'm like, but what are you planning? Are you enrolling it in baseball camp? Right. It's like, I, yeah, it's it's so tough because it's like. Like, just say you want a pink nursery and a pink baby shower. Right. Or, you're like, you need to mentally prepare if it's going to be whichever, whatever gender. Yeah. Like, whatever the sex of the to baby me, is. To me, it's kind like, of a, also, I'm such a planner that I'm like. Well, I'm a planner and I don't feel that way. So to me, it's like, like do you treat the baby differently if it's a boy well, versus a girl. Right. That's how I feel. it's like a weird. You're going to like breastfeed it differently or formula yeah. it differently. I don't know. Like I, I do totally understand why people would want to find out like for, like, de- for decoration or like, like I understand um, some people, especially like if you've been through a loss, it helps them feel more connected to know who's in there to call it by a name. Yeah. Um. So like, I can understand that. I understand also just like, general curiosity like the surprise doesn't interest you and you just right. want to know i totally understand I that i feel like it's my understanding that like folks have different pregnancy experiences if it's a boy versus yes. it being a girl so maybe like preparing for what's to for what could potentially could come but could like we said it's like everyone's story is different totally it's not like oh you have a boy you're gonna have xyz symptoms like or, all of my symptoms are pointing towards girl wives tales yeah. even the heart rate Except for my cravings. So everybody thinks I'm having a girl because of the symptoms. Yeah. But it's like, it's all wives' tales. And now are you guys just happy, healthy baby? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I've always imagined that my first baby would be a boy because in my family dynamic, I had a big brother. Mm-hmm. Devin is also same family dynamic. He has a big brother. Yeah. Um, I almost like don't even know what to do with myself if I have a girl first. She's going to be a strong lady. 
But, I mean, a daughter, what a gift. Right. You know, I'd be so thrilled. Exactly. That's why I'm always just like, happy, healthy baby yeah. is key I mean, priority. I have something that I'm imagining, but is it something I necessarily prefer? No, it's just something I'm imagining. Right. Um. So, it doesn't matter. We'll be thrilled no matter what. I've also heard of people wanting to find out because if they have toddlers or older children, it they say that it can help you help your toddler adjust to the transition if they know its baby brother is coming yeah, his it's name like is max for the child right or whatever yeah. um my baby's name isn't max by the way i just picked <laughs> a random name but um i can understand that you know i can understand yeah. all of that but for for us like i just i'm so excited for the surprise like my siblings didn't find out my brother had two girls and then a boy and i was in the room when his son was born mm-hmm. And it was just such an incredible moment to watch. Oh, my God, this one's a boy. Right. It was so cool. Like, there was no blue nursery or blue baby shower that was worth that moment. Yeah. And another thing for me is, like, I don't want people at my baby shower to give me a ton of blue or pink pink clothes. Because your baby is going to grow out of it anyway and not be able to wear all of it anyway. Right. You're not necessarily going to be able to pass it down for future kids. Like, let's say I have a girl and then I have three boys. Well, I might not be wanting to put my baby son in a Barbie dress and bow. Right. Um, you know, and then it's also like people are going to buy you clothes after you have your baby. Like people are going to buy you bows and dresses or suspenders or whatever it may be. So I don't feel like I'm going to miss out on that because but, I feel, I'm just here for diapers. At that yeah. Point. Just yeah. The diapers. Like, like I, I made like a little secret baby registry and the only clothes that are on it are like white onesies green onesies green sleepers like i don't (laughs) they're just gonna inevitably throw up upon it one day like i will yes i'm sure i'll have a fun little time dressing up my baby but then like i I also don't want to like impose like style onto my child if they are not into it i don't know i just well i mean it's it's also like a whole concept of like societal gender exactly like I feel weird about it. That's a it. lot. I mean, even, like, gender reveals and, like, the baby showers that are, like, hyper. Like, I saw I saw a gender reveal on Instagram the other day that it was, like, what'll it be? Baseballs or, bo- or yeah, bows? Yeah, I hate that. I was, like, girls can't play baseball? And boys play softball. My dad yeah, plays softball. Like, Devin played softball. It's, it's just, like, societal norms it's that just, always yeah, rub me the wrong way. Yeah, it's weird. And I feel like I'm, like... <laughs> I, I know that, like my baby isn't changing the world but I feel like I'm making a statement by not doing that yeah well you know it's so funny you say that because I've had what I think only and again one do other friend, want. one other friend first baby not know what the gender was yeah like everyone else that I know that have had that have had kids has found out the gender whether they did a big full gender reveal or like at least for their first one like my cousin and her husband had a surprise for their second one because they, you know, wanted to have it both ways. Sure. Um, I know people who do that. Too. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I feel like you, you you just start getting hit with, like, preconceived notions. Yeah. If you, if you know or if you tell people it's a boy like, or it's okay, a Like, okay, I have a boy. I have grew up a dancer all my life. Who's to say my son's not a hip-hop dancer? Right. Could be the next freaking Billy Elliot. Like, right. like who knows? <laughs> oh, my God. I saw Billy Elliot when I so was in good. high school. I fell I asleep. Oh, no. <laughs> but I did love it. It's good. Like, aside from seeing it. Like, I was disappointed that I fell asleep. Yeah. Um, I mean, we can also go center stage, whichever. Oh, the best. <laughs> we can also just go center stage. Oh, my God. Which has a lot of male dancers. I actually did a center stage, like, the last dance to The Way You Make Me Feel. Yeah. I did that as my oh, senior my project. Oh, it's so good. So good. Um, so, yeah, we're not finding out. We are doing a – oh, and also, like, 
with the nursery thing, the baby doesn't even sleep in the nursery at first anyway. So if that's something that is important, yeah, can't speak. If that's something that's important to you, like you can, you can, I know people who have done it a couple different ways. Like they do the nursery later or that kind of sounds like a hassle. Some people will have a friend or a company do a nursery and then you have a reveal and you get home from the hospital. For us, I am excited to have a very neutral nursery that all my babies can have. Yeah. And then we can do big girl or big boy rooms um, later, you know, as they graduate out of the nursery Mm -hmm. and move into a different bedroom. But I'm kind of excited about the idea of not having to do a nursery every time. Yeah. Kind of sounds like a pain. Right. It just sounds like, like a lot of Pinteresting. Yeah. I just, Um, I don't want to do that. Which, which again would provide like way more stress if you're not, unless you're like super into that kind of thing. Yeah. And like really want to do it. If you feel like you're doing it because you feel like you have to do it a certain specific way, then it, I feel like it kind of takes some of the fun out of it. I'm really excited for our nursery theme. I won't reveal it today because, you know, this has been a longer episode. Mm-hmm. But um, I will talk about it soon, and it's something that I'm really excited for. We do have names picked out, both for boy and girl. I'm not sharing them. I made a big mistake and shared my baby names one time, and someone recently used a very, very unique baby name of mine. So you're like an A didn't come up there. I, oh, definitely not. (laughs) So I um, will not do that ever again. Yeah. And you will know my child's name is when it is born. Right. Um, We are going on a baby moon. I'm super excited. We are going to Bolt Farm Treehouse in Tennessee in November, um, which is just outside of Chattanooga. We're so excited. I just wanted a baby moon where we did nothing. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to go, I can't do a lot at that right. point. So, just be outside or just, yeah. like, be in a nice place. I don't want to miss out on, like, things I can't eat at great restaurants or places where booze is a big deal. Right. Like, or there's some sort of, like, physical adventure like I can't that I can't participate in. Mm-hmm. I just want to stare at the mountains with my husband yeah. and relax and Read hang out. Read a book or yep. just lounge. Yeah. So that's what we're going to do. And we're so excited. Um, as for baby showers, I have no idea about any of that. Right. So stay tuned. I don't know. Um, and really that's all for now. I, I, it's funny as I was writing just some of my bullet point notes, I said, as a couple of, as of a couple of days ago, I think I've turned a corner. Nope. Had my worst puke spell this morning. So haven't turned a corner. Hopefully by the time you guys are listening to this, I have, I have turned a corner. I hope I will let you know. Um, but we're so excited to share all of this with you guys and um, just so excited to meet our baby. And I just want to acknowledge that if you've been through a miscarriage or a pregnancy loss, if you've had to undergo fertility treatments, if you're still waiting on your baby or your rainbow baby, and if you're going through infertility, just know that I know that your journey is so much harder than mine. And I don't want to come across as you know, so heartbroken for my journey when I was able to conceive naturally and in under a year. Um, I'm so sorry. And I'm sending you all of the baby dust in the world. And I share this life update with the most gentle intention. And as I said in the beginning of this episode, um, you know, if you've listened to this and all that applies to you, first of all, I'm would never have expected that of you. Um, But if you feel that moving forward, you need to mute me or unfollow me. I completely understand. And I hope that, um, I hope that the baby dust will work its magic on you soon. I do have to say as much as I wish I could have been spared from my sadness and roller coaster in my journey, I actually feel like it gave me so much perspective. Um, like if I'm this sad, imagine how other people with harder journeys feel. 
it's really helped me to like I think I had empathy before right. or I had sympathy before now yes. I have I have empathy but not even you know I can't I can't even relate to what it's they're like going you have through like a, a minor insight into yes their... yes yeah um and I think you know if I if it had happened like I wanted it to if I had had that wedding be- wedding night baby or honeymoon baby um I don't think I would feel as deeply grateful as I do for this baby and I'm not saying people that have honeymoon babies or wedding night babies don't feel grateful for their babies. Of course they do. Yeah. And you didn't do anything wrong by, you know, right. Having their baby earlier in your journey. That's, that's incredible. Um, but you know, there's, there's something to be said for, it's kind of like absence makes the heart grow fonder. There's something to be said for this thing that you're really longing for. And then when it finally happens, um, you, you know, you just have some perspective that it didn't go the way that you envisioned it to go and that other people are still, um, it hasn't gone at all. You know, it hasn't happened yeah. at all. And um, that perspective has been really eye-opening for me. Um, so while I wish that it could have been a little different, and, you know, on the other hand, I don't necessarily wish for it to be different at all. All right, we are wrapping up here. Today's episode is coming to an end. If you liked what you heard today, please subscribe, share with a friend. If you have comments, questions, anything you want us to address on the podcast or anything you want us to share, please email us at podcast at enoughbiz.com. That's podcast at enoughbiz.com. You can also DM us on Instagram at the enough podcast. Make sure you check out our website, www.enoughbiz.com. And for 10% off your first month of online counseling, go to trybetterhelp.com slash enough. Use four sigmatic code enough for 10% off. And some main is Anna 20 for 20% off. Also make sure you check out Ovamoon with code enough for 20% off. And check out Baltimore Dental Co. Mention the Enough Podcast for a free consultation and free teeth whitening with your treatment plan. For today, that's enough and we'll catch you next time. Yeah.